Hi, I'm Azure Ashby, CPA and creator of the Love Then Money Institute. Each week, I will bring you inside the life of a real couple and their relationship with money in order to help you and your partner master your own relationship with money. We can no longer rely on the taboo of money to justify our avoidance. And we can no longer change the topic when things get real. I believe it's time we take our financial future by the reins and take control of the money conversation. And we do that by actually having the conversation. So get ready to listen, relate, and be inspired to achieve your financial dreams together. Because you know what they say, first comes love, then comes money. So let's do this. What I love about what I do is that every couple is so different. Their origin stories are different. I mean, couples meet all kinds of different ways. They meet in class, in the office, in the frozen section of the grocery store. Each has their own cute meeting story. Dynamics are also different. Some couples go on date nights every other week, while some choose to have quality time by traveling. This holds true as no surprise for finances as well. Not all couples handle money the same way. I mean, heck, not all people handle money the same way. And so this brings us to our next couple, Nick and Angela. Well, we're, I guess, a modern couple. We met on a dating app. Um, Bumble, actually. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) And we've been together for about two years. Online dating is a lot more common these days, but swiping left and right is not going to tell you anything about what to expect in the area of money. Bumble, the app that Nick and Angie met on, is known for allowing women to make the first move after making a match. So Nick and Angie download the app, they match, Angie initiates their conversation, and the rest, as they say, is history. It's sweet, and it's also a more modern and less traditional love story. Or maybe these days it's a more traditional love story? I think those things are changing. Nick and Angie are not married yet. They do, however, live together. So they are in the beginning stages of figuring out how to manage their finances and still feel that they have some autonomy. And I feel like that's something a lot of couples that live together and aren't yet married deal with. I think they want to feel like they're part of a team, but also feel like they have some autonomy in their financial decisions. We're both contributing to the household. We have a joint account that we share um, and allocate a certain amount of that. A lot of our bills come out of that. Um, so, I mean, oh Okay. Angie has taken, has made more money. So she has been taking on more of the role of the breadwinner um, in recent. So, but some of that dynamic is, is evolving currently. Okay, so this is a good place to start here. <laughs> so that, um, cool, yeah. So, but who, like, who pays the bills? Do you guys, like, allocate, like, who's going to actually physically go in and pay them? Or um, how does that work? Oh, we're both um, pretty forgetful. So we've got <laughs> everything uh, auto-debited. Perfect. Okay, cool. Um, Good stuff. And then so basically you keep 
the joint account for like joint bills. And then each of you has your own separate account where like your paycheck goes or whatever. Right. Right. Okay. Got it. Um, and so if it's gonna be like a, a big purchase, then you would contribute the money into the joint account or how do you deal with those types of things? Uh, generally, generally either that, or, um, we would pay the other person that essentially. Okay. Got it. Cool. Um, and so are you guys happy with those, with the way things are like currently, or is there somewhere where you'd rather it be? No, I think so. I think, um, it works for us because I don't think we've had a lot of contention as far as like, you know, you owe this or, you know, I paid more for this or anything like that. Cool. We don't know too much about Nick and Angela yet. This introductory session is more for them to learn about me and the process rather than the other way around. I've known Angie for many years now and I met Nick through Angie. We were talking about doing their tax returns one day and I mentioned that the podcast may be of some interest. They agreed that it would be helpful for them to implement some understanding at the beginning of the relationship and were completely on board to start. I wanted to explain the concept of the Love Then Money program to them in parts. But first I have every couple take a quiz to determine what I'm working with. It helps me gauge what is going on in the relationship and if there are any areas that are not aligned between the couple. So I basically send it to both parties in the partnership and they both individually submit it to me so that I can see both of their answers and if there's any things that I think we really need to talk about because they don't seem to be on the same page. So some of the questions are like, do you and your partner dread talking about money? Or have you ever hidden a purchase from your spouse? Or are you worried that you and your spouse or partner are not saving enough for the future? And this last one is usually a resounding yes from clients. And it was no different with Nick and Angela. Um, so basically this is going to be a four part process. So I kind of divided this whole journey into four parts, which the, the first part is a focus on me. So it's basically where we look at ourselves and kind of our money histories and where we come from and how that affects our life today. And then we'll go on to a focus on us, which is a focus on how money plays a role in your relationship how you guys each deal with money and how that, that, you know, if there are differences, how those interactions present themselves. And if there are similarities, how those interactions present themselves. And then we move on to focus on our present where we kind of take a good look at your current financial situation, where money's going, you know, if there's room for improvement or reallocation, that kind of stuff. And then the last part is a focus on our future, which is basically how are we going to get to our financial goals and, you know, what's our plan. So that's kind of the four part process. Um, does that sound good? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I also retold them the cow and the rope story. You might remember this from a previous episode. Remember the cow is led to believe that he's tied to the fence with an imaginary rope. And so the cow believes it's stuck there and acts as such. I tell the story to all the couples I meet. A lot of the time we have these limiting beliefs that prevent us from moving forward in life. In our case, moving forward with finances. I like to talk about it to have people start thinking about 
what exactly is holding them back financially? Because if there wasn't something holding us back, we'd all have attained our goals. And so part of attaining our goals in any area, but specifically here in the financial area, is to think about what exactly it is that holds you back from achieving them. I also share an exercise that I want them to practice about gratitude. A lot of this stuff is going to sound really like mushy and stuff, but um, I think it's really a valuable part of um, growing financially is to A, be in touch with ourselves and B, practice gratitude. And so I, you know, I think that when you're when you're beginning your day with, you know, an attitude of gratitude or whatever, you really are able to see the day in a whole different light. I, I, you know, when I wake up and, and start my day with things that I'm grateful for versus when I don't, my day goes completely different. Just the whole energy vibe of it goes is completely different. Um, for me, when I'm journaling, so I journal and then, you know, I, I add in like the grateful part in the journaling. And I haven't been doing it because it's been tax season. And man, my days are like nowhere near as good. So I, you know, I highly recommend kind of like trying to find little things along the way that you're grateful for. And so one of the exercises that I included in the homework as well is to do a gratitude exercise. And where it's a little bit different is that instead of just saying like, oh, the first thing is that it the gratitude exercise has to be like about your partner. So not just like I'm grateful for sunsets or whatever, but I'm grateful for something. (laughs) Um, But I'm grateful for something that my, my partner did for me because so the because statement is where it's a little bit different. It's it's, it makes it a little bit more meaningful and a little bit more. um, uh, What's what I'm looking for? Like, uh, it gives it more depth and more, more meaning. Um, so basically it's, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, the other day you took out the trash because I was super stressed and, um, having you do that made me feel just a little tiny bit more relaxed. And I really appreciate it. Um, that kind of stuff. Right. So when you have a because statement, it really, instead of just saying like, thanks for taking out the trash. Like if someone tells you that you may not remember, but if they tell you, you really relieved my stress and I really appreciate it. You might remember that at a different time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Understanding the why behind it. Exactly. Exactly. The last thing I wanted to go over with Nick and Angie before sending them off with their couples homework was money stories. They each have their own personal relationship, experiences, and understanding of money that they bring into the relationship. Understanding these stories will help them understand each other and their financial choices as a couple. Nick caught on to this idea fairly quickly and realized that the way he behaved with money when he was single was not the same way that he behaves in a relationship. So when you start finding these things out about each other, I think it gives you like a lot of insight into you know, why people act the way they act. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I'd have to say that my attitude towards it tends to be that of apathy, I guess. I mean, which is weird. I mean, I've lived with money. I've lived without money for most of the time, you know. I just, you know, if I have it, it 
most of the time gets spent. And if I don't, you know, I make do. But right. learning that there's a second person involved now has is, 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 has made it has made it a little more challenging, you know, because the making it do without money, you know, I have to consider another person's comfort other than my own. Their money stories are shaped by different moments in their lives. Typically, I divide money stories into three parts. The part when we're with our parents, the part when it's just us, and then the part when it's us in a relationship. I find it's really helpful to look at these three stages of life because we can vary so drastically from one to another. And I think it tells us a lot about the progression of our money relationship and the habits that we may have now. I know with me, so my... Um... When I, when I first did my, my childhood one, it was like so eye opening to me because I, I always felt like growing up, you know, my mom was a single mom and we, we didn't, I mean, she always had a job. She like consistently held the same job for like, even though she completely effing hated it, she you know, she stayed there because she knew that she would get a pension. That's back when like actual pensions existed. So, you know, she, but she didn't make a lot of money. She wasn't educated. And so, I mean, there were times when I wanted to go to the movies with friends and she's like, no, we can't, you know, you can't, I'm sorry, we can't afford it. And so I, and being a a daughter of a single mom, like, Never did she want me to worry about finances, but I think just being how close we were, like I could see that it was stressful. And so I always worried about money. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't even remember a time when I didn't worry about money and, and it wasn't even my worry as a kid, you know? And so, but the thing that I would see is from a child's perspective is like when she'd get like a bonus or a tax refund or something like that, then we could do something fun. So basically how I started doing my adult life is I like every time I would get like a chunk of money, I'd be like, oh, now I can do all of the things that I couldn't do when I didn't have this chunk of money. Um, And so I saw that pattern evolving once I kind of hashed through what my childhood experience was. And, And once I was able to see that, I was able to stop it. Because until then, it was like I was justifying, you know, that that's just how it was. Like you don't... you You tighten the purse strings until you don't have to anymore. And then... Yeah, exactly. So for me, that was like a huge, a huge cha- like tipping point in my life is when I finally went through like my childhood money story and saw like how that pattern was in my childhood and saw it then in my adult life. So I think that's why this, this exercise is particularly powerful. Do you guys have any questions? I don't think so. Do you no, have questions? No, I think, no. It makes, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I can see how that would really change a lot of things, you know, um, looking back and, you know, we, we, we create ourselves in the image of our, our parents. We don't, 
think we want, we don't want to think we do, but we do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think you go one of two ways. Like you either do and you don't even realize it, or you are like, I will never be like that. And then you do the exact opposite, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We're going to learn a lot more about Nick and Angie as we continue our sessions. And we will dig deep, and these sessions won't be as easy as a left or right swipe. But they're willing to put in the work, and that is the most important part. On the next episode, we learn about Nick and Angela's money histories and how they treat money and where all that stems from. You won't want to miss it. If you like Love Then Money, do me a favor and tell a friend. Or five. I'm Azure Ashby. And until next time, I wish you both love and money. Take care.